the hard shoulder. All new stock. With the all new Nissan Juke. The coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Now it is that time of the week for the hard shoulder health check. This week, Enda Murphy, the psychotherapist and director of CME.ie, has joined me to talk about narcissism. And uh, when I saw this, I thought he's hardly talking about me. And then, <laughs> and then I realised that's exactly what a narcissist would think—that it is about him. Oh my God, I'm no, betraying myself. Believe it or not, it's the actual opposite because one of the points about an interview like this is people will hear me talking about narcissism, how to recognise a narcissist in your life. And they think, God, is is that actually me? Am I the narcissist? If you think that, you're not the narcissist in the relationship because what happens is narcissists are incapable of self-reflection. So if anybody's thinking that they're the narcissist after this interview, you're not the one who's narcissistic. All right, okay. So beware (laughs) if you're listening to this thinking, that's not, I don't recognize anything in that you, you, you may be the, the the narcissist what what is a narcissist okay well there's a there's an official definition and it doesn't really explain but a narcissist can be defined it's kind of somebody who has a sense of entitlement or a lack of empathy or a need for admiration all right but you know it that doesn't really explain anything it's very hard to recognize narcissists all right but the easiest way but that's most that's most radio presenters and uh <laughs> well I wasn't going to go there but the easiest way was I remember 20 years ago a woman come to see me and I remember asking her says, at what point did you realise that you were your partner was narcissistic and she gave me a quotation that has stayed with me ever since and she says before I met my boyfriend sometimes I was right and sometimes I was wrong after I met them he was always right I was always wrong so if you're in a relationship in, in work, you could be have a parent, you could be in a, have a partner, you could have friends. But where you're always right, or that you're always wrong, and they're always right, immediately start looking: Am I dealing with somebody who's narcissistic? What well, What are the early signs then to look for before you get to that point of a relationship? Uh, well, the early signs is the easiest way to describe this. All right, would be say if you're going into a relationship. All right. And that would be they're incredibly charming at first and they're really into you. You, you. you know, you have something they want. They make you feel like a king or a queen. But as you get closer, you find that the less charm they are and the more criticism you're getting until eventually they're the king and queen and you're feeding their ego, not the other way around. Gradually, they, they come in and they will gradually start changing the nature of the thing. It's all about power. Because, you know, your sole purpose is to fill a gap in their self-esteem that they can't fill themselves. So as your relationships develops, it becomes all about their needs, their wants, what they want from you, never yours. And when you try to correct that and have your needs met, they'll use all kinds of manipulation tactics to convince you that there's something wrong with you for having needs. So if you start saying, listen, hang on a second, you know, you're really doing something that's, you know, I think, you know, we need to correct here. They will suddenly turn it on you. And there's there's a lovely expression that we call it the narcissist creed. And they will use four, there'll be four ways they'll respond to you. The first is that didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, then I didn't meet it. And if I did, you deserved it. So if people recognize that, is that, you know, they'll deny everything. Oh, you're overreacting, Kieran. You know, like, kind of, how could you, you know, you know, they will deny responsibility. Oh, I didn't really mean that. But like, kind of, but, you know, if I react the way, well, you're responsible because I wouldn't have reacted this way if you hadn't done that or you hadn't done something else. Is it, is is it the early days is when you're most likely to recognize it? I mean, it's, it's kind of the way you're describing it, it sounds almost like an abusive relationship. That the longer someone's in it, the more they 
begin to believe this is normal? You get sucked in because the tactics Narsa will use. And remember, you can see this in your boss. You can see it in, you know, in institutions. You can see it in friends. You can see it in parents. Narcissistic parents are incredibly common. But they use fear, shame and guilt. So the dynamic of fear is, you know, you can't cope without me. So if you left me, how would you cope out there without me? Shame, you're bad for challenging me. How could you treat me like that? How could you give out to me about that? And guilt. It's your fault if you can't satisfy my needs. So if I'm unhappy in here, it's all because of you. Now, that's if you get sucked into that, it's so difficult to get out of it because you know you're being emotionally abused. You know, like as that woman said one time, he was always right, I was always wrong. But you can't escape because you're drowning in all those three emotions. I can't cope with them. I can't cope without them. But when they have you believing that you're you're solely responsible for the issues, they have the upper hand. So when you try to talk to them, they'll accuse you of bringing up the past. Oh, you you know, you just keep reliving the past. But, and they'll tell you to move on, all right? They're telling you there's something wrong for you wanting to clarify something. And if you stand up or disagree with them, they'll complain about your attitude. And in doing so, they're avoiding all accountability themselves mm-hmm. and telling you that there's something wrong with you for feeling the way you do. It's, it's the, the way you describe them, a narcissist, they're, they're, they sound like a parasite, that they're sucking away your own sense of self-worth to inflate their sense of self-worth. You absolutely are. They, what they're doing is, is that it's an incapability. And remember, Narciss, Narcissus, all right, was, I think it's a Greek guy, but what yeah. happened was he didn't get his mother's love. So he tried to overcompensate for the mother's love by falling in love with his reflection in the mirror. But he, the, the, do you understand? He kept staring at the mirror, trying to love himself. Now, you're the mirror in the narcissistic relationship. They're trying to draw you into it to fulfill their empty needs there. But it's like filling a bottomless pit, as Christy Moore says in one of his songs, you know, it was like throwing water in a barrel of sawdust. The more water you throw in, the more it just sucks you up. But it's a power imbalance because you never fulfilled their needs. You never filled their vessel, but yours is empty and empty and empty and empty. And you end up going into a world where you are completely and utterly disempowered and it would be very very indicative in an abusive relationship that's why people can find it so hard to get out of the relationship but think about it in a work environment how many people listening today will have a boss who's like that you know the amount of people i've seen over the years who are terrified to leave their job because the job has made them feel where aren't you so lucky to be working for us you know you'd be nothing without us we have created everything you are and if you left us then for God's sake, you know, you'd never cope on your own. So like kind of you're lucky, you know, we're caring for you and you'd never be able to survive anywhere else. Does that sound familiar anywhere? And people will recognise that. How uh, or, or what are the types of things that narcissists will say uh, uh, that, that people might recognise? And, and can you maybe interpret them for us, what, what they might mean? <laughs> Well, there's a lovely one. It's kind of what they say and then what they actually mean. For the search one, it's kind of if somebody turns around to you and says, you're the only one who understands me. What they're actually saying is you're the only one who will put up on my behavior. If they say, oh, you're being oversensitive. What they're actually saying is they're criticizing you for having a normal reaction. It's not all about you. I want you to feel guilty for having needs. That's what they're trying to say. Oh, you're jealous and insecure. I enjoy making you compete for my attention. And you'll never find someone like me. In other words, I don't want you to discover your true worth. And no one will ever believe you. So I've made everybody think I'm a good person and you're the bad one. 
And when they tell you that they love you, they actually, what they mean is, I love owning you. Or if they say, you know, you're crazy, is that, yeah, I'm the master of chaos because I'm causing chaos with you. And especially if you say, oh, you know, you know, they're just a friend of mine. Well, no, they're actually my backup for when you leave or when I leave you. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's really poisonous. It just goes down the road. But another area that can be, you know, people don't really recognize is the narcissistic parent. Okay, because talk, the narc- to me, talk to me about the narcissistic oh, parent. Oh, yeah. Now, this is, oh, now we start getting into some really kind of low, low, low self-esteem here. Because what happens is, is that if you're in a relationship, as a child, your needs are supposed to come before the parents. And as a parent, that's what you do. Like once the baby arrives, your life is not about you anymore. It's all about giving back to the next oh, generation. Tell me about it. Exactly. You know, but when the parents needs always comes first. So you end up with the child taking responsibility for the parents emotions instead of vice versa. And this leads to codependency and codependent relationships is the flip side of the coin to narcissist. So the actual person who's codependent depends on the narcissist to give them validation because they have lost the ability to do it themselves. And remember, when you go into like kind of you're in a relationship or you have a narcissistic parent, you have learned to dismiss your own needs and feelings and the parent, it's all about their needs. So, you know, they will make you feel guilty. Oh, well, you just go out there and you'll love your life and I'll just stay here and I'll feel lonely here in the corner on my own. But don't you worry about me. This kind of thing. All right. Mm. They will also use fear. You know, like kind of Christy Moore had a song years ago, Sonny, don't go away. I'm here all alone. And now he sits, do you understand? He's sitting in his room by the stairs wondering yeah. what his life might have been. It's, you know, that's pure narcissistic behavior. And of course, if you shame them, how could you treat your poor mom or your poor dad like that? Do you understand? You're, you're guilty yeah. if you try and correct anything. We have a lovely expression. When a kid is blowing off, all right, and kids will be sent to me all the time. And the first question you ask is, what is the child trying to say that's not been listened to, that they have to go to such extremes in order to be heard? Now, Kieran is as much a joy to live with as Ender Murphy. But if you're blowing off, regardless of who it is, what you are, what you're blowing off at, you still need to listen to what it is you're trying to say. There may be a problem in how you're communicating it. But there's rarely a problem in the underlying message. The, the narcissist will go for the underlying message and dismiss it completely. I see. So what if yeah. someone listening to this recognises this, whether it's in a relationship or with a, a parent or a child or in the workplace, as you mentioned, that it can exist? What can they do? Can you reason with the narcissist? No, you can never no. reason with them. Like kind of, as I said at the start, they're incapable of self-reflection, but you can't train them. What you can actually do is, the first thing is, if you can get out, get out. Because there's no reasoning with the narcissist. Like kind of, it was like kind of, why did the narcissist cross the road? Because he thought it was a boundary. So they will always come after your boundaries. They will never be able to do that. They'll never not be coming after your boundaries. So there's no reason. So you get out, sticking around, hoping they will change the total waste of time, but it never stops anybody. All right. The second is, is that getting out will involve challenging what you've been conditioned into believing by the narcissist. So if you believe that you can't cope without them, you've been conditioned. So it takes a hell of a lot of courage to break up in an abusive relationship like that. However, when you leave, you question your own sense of self. You fight the narcissist's voice in your head that you're the evil one and that it's all your fault that this happened. And that can take years to deprogram yourself and a hell of a lot of help from somebody like me. But if you're in a relationship, say you've got young kids or you're in a job that you can't get out of, 
then you go into what's called grey rock strategy. Now, a grey rock you would never notice on the side of the road, and that's what you do. So you have to set your own boundaries. You've got to keep to these, but you don't react when they try to push them. You become Mr. Grey. Any reaction that you do is food for the narcissist. So what you've got to do is you've got to starve them from fuel. And whilst they will never accept that they're in the wrong, they can be trained to accept your boundary because none of us will give up our irrational philosophies as long as there's any chance we can win at them. But if they finally realise they're not going to get it from you, they will divert and they'll try and get it from somebody else. Yeah. But every time you get in, you reset back to zero. So if you kind of, yeah, so it's, it's the same way as like kind of my own dog. <laughs> every time he mm. manages to get me to throw the ball, no, I'm not throwing the ball for you, Charlie. And then you throw it once. All he's learned is he has to nag me for 10 minutes before I throw the ball. And it's the same with the narcissist. But yeah. remember, if they break, if you break up with them, their ego can't handle it. So be very, very careful and get yourself some professional advice. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious. Maybe this is as, as, um, uh, as negative as, as mm -hmm. narcissism but uh, w once you recognize that in somebody and you think you're in a relationship with a narcissist yeah. or there's someone yeah. in your life who's a narcissist yeah i mean you could manipulate them couldn't you unfortunately you could well fortunately you could if you do recognize them in a way you have to see them that they are actually incredibly vulnerable yeah but and, if you and when try someone, if yeah. you recognize someone's vulnerability and you know what motivates them, it's very easy yeah. to manipulate them then, isn't it? I, I'm, I, well, I realize I sound quite Machiavellian here, but I'm just conscious you could. Well, you could, but what you can do is you can turn because, you know, you will actually have a lot of people who are in relationships with narcissists. And what they do is they learn how the narcissist act. So what you do is you feed them what it is they need and then you get on with your own life. All right. So like mm. kind of see, narcissists can be incredibly intelligent. They can be incredibly charming. They can be incredibly caring. All right. They can be incredibly, you know, in one way, empathic and be incredibly caring for you. So if you're in a position that you can't get out of the narcissistic relationship and you have to work with it. But just remember, you're not going to change them, but you can learn to actually work with them. And it's a bit like having a, a very difficult boss. Yeah. Even a broken clock is still right twice a day. <laughs> so you can. You know, you can learn, but you're absolutely right. They are incredibly vulnerable if you've learned how to handle them. Mm. And what they can do is, is that it's all about their self-esteem. You give them this, what I call the Scooby snacks. In other words, just enough to feed their self-esteem. All right. And then what you do is you sit back and they're inclined to leave you alone. But remember, if it's, you know, they're a lot stronger than you are, your actual uh, self-esteem is going to go down and yeah. down and down but just don't believe everything don't believe anything that comes out of their mouth about you because you will be conditioned and unfortunately yeah. especially in personal relationships by the time the person realizes hang on there's something majorly wrong here they've been undergoing a conditioning process for donkey's years and i've seen it in workplaces i've seen it in families i've seen it in relationships you will find narcissists all over the place because we live in a world where, you know, there are a lot, we're encouraged to be takers rather than givers. So and, we actually yeah. encourage that. All right. Well, listen, fascinating stuff as always, Enda. We appreciate your time. Uh, Enda Murphy, psychotherapist and director of CME.ie.